Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome into the nightcap here on WGR. It's a football Friday here in Buffalo, New York, our Amherst studio. I'm very excited on this Friday. I mean, of course, the Bills are playing, obviously, of course, but I'm getting a little bit of a mini vacation. I am going to Baltimore. I'm going to go to the game. It's going to be a bit of a guy's trip. Me, my dad, my brother, my uncle, my cousin, we're all going to drive down. It's exciting. We're leaving early tomorrow morning, but the weather looks kind of crappy. Not going to lie. I'm okay. Okay with it. I thought about it all day today. I'm all right with it. I'm just excited to go. Welcome to the Nightcap. Zach Jones along with you for the next hour or so. It's a football Friday here on WGR. The Buffalo Bills are gearing up to take on the Baltimore Ravens this Sunday in Baltimore. MT Bank Stadium. It's going to be a one o'clock game. The Bills currently sit at a three point favorite. And we did get some news today on the Bills front. We'll talk a little bit about that to start the show. We'll run through some of the other Sunday games. We will get you Sean McDermott's interview with the Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio and Sneaky Jody Biasi a little bit later in the show. But let's jump into the Bills game. What we know so far, the official outs, Christian Benford, Jordan Phillips, Jake Kumro. none of those are a surprise. Benford, of course, has a broken hand. Phillips is recovering from a hamstring injury, and Kumro is recovering from an ankle injury. None of these are a surprise the only kind of new information in terms of outs that we got today was new newly acquired cornerback Xavier Rhodes. He is not expected to be elevated from the practice squad. He's also dealing with a hamstring injury. That's not ideal. With that being said, wide receiver Gabe Davis, he tested his ankle today at practice. He, in his words, he's playing. He is good to go. And Cornerback Dane Jackson also gave that sort of indication. He was out of that red non-contact jersey, and he believes he is going to play this Sunday. And this is, I think, 11 days since he had that just awful-looking neck injury against the Tennessee Titans, but he's out of that red non-contact jersey. He talked about having basically no soreness now in his neck. So he may be all ready to go. That's surprising, but again, as we know, after... All of that had happened, that he had no serious damage to his neck, and then kind of it was just he's going to heal up and make sure everything's all right. So uh, the Bills could have uh, Gabe Davis and Dane Jackson both back. Davis played last week against the Dolphins. However, you could somewhat tell he was not 100%. Other guys that are questionable, Knox, Morris, Murray, Oliver, and Poyer. 
I do expect most of those guys to play, if not all of them to play. Knox, I'm not really sure what's going on there. I think he should be all right. Mitch Morris, I, Mitch Morris was a stunning revelation last Sunday for him to not play, so I, I got to imagine he's good to play this weekend. Ed Oliver, and we'll see about Poyer. Justin Murray, I'm not really sure where his health is going to be at, and I'm not really sure how much the team is going to need him. He's really coming in as the replacement for Tommy Doyle. This is going to be a big game for the Bills, though. I said it a little bit yesterday, kind of more reiterating that point today. They've got to come out of this game, I think, looking hot, clearly, in a way, angry at how the Dolphins game ended. Uh, Sal Capaccio joined the Show Bulldog show for the uh, roundtable earlier today and kind of talked about how, you know, right after the game, being in the locker room, guys just looked exhausted. They, they, were, they were done. Like, it was one of those things. The heat was so much that these guys were just spent. It's not too surprising. We've heard former players and ex-players talk about, you know, dealing with the heat in places like Miami. And it really, I mean, you could prepare weeks for that game, and it doesn't matter when you're dealing with those kind of heat, you know, temperatures, it, it's going to mess up a body no matter how prepared you are. Going to have a little bit different of a weather game this week in Baltimore. Uh, expecting heavy rain on Saturday, maybe just normal rain on Sunday. At least it's what it sounds like. Should be interesting mainly because the Ravens, while they are getting J.K. Dobbins back for the second straight week, it was it was kind of up in the air if he'd be able to play after last week's game against the uh, the Patriots. He's back, but the Ravens as a whole have just not been able to run the ball. And we've seen that so far the Bills have really been able to handle teams running the ball on them. Derrick Henry was held to under two yards per carry, and you know the Rams did nothing there. And even last week, Chase Edmonds has two touchdowns, but barely any yards. They really weren't doing much on the ground. I think along with that, I think you can honestly say that the, that the Ravens' defense has not been great. I mean, just flat out, they've not been a great unit at all to start the year, and the Bills' offense seems to be getting healthier. Again, I, I think, and a lot of people said this, this uh, earlier this week, calling into the station and, and stuff like that, Mitch Morris being out of that lineup on offense meant a great deal. And it, and it's always tough to really gauge the absolute importance of an offensive lineman. It always is because for, you know, the skill position guys just look at their stats. Look at how the offense functions with or without them in terms of yards per game, points per points per game and stuff like that. For an offensive lineman, it's it's much more difficult. Center though, a lot of times it just looks different. It looks worse when your starting center is not in. And that was clearly the issue last week that, you know, there's bobbled snaps. They, they really, it seemed like, didn't feel comfortable having Josh just take take the ball up the middle. They really didn't feel comfortable about that. There was a few bobbled snaps. It was just, it was overall not a pretty look. Hopefully Morris is back. I think he will be. So that's at least exciting. Uh, real quick, some other injury news for some other games. Some of the big ones, uh, the Chargers have ruled out wide receiver Keenan Allen with a hamstring injury. However, Justin Herbert is completely off the injury report. We do know he is continuing, he's going to consistently deal with that fracture in his rib cartilage pretty much all year, but at least for right now, he is off the injury report. Dolphins quarterback Tua Tungvaloa, he uh, underwent further testing today after that just horrible concussion he suffered yesterday against the Bengals. Um, for anything it sounds like, it's, it's positive. There's no negatives that are coming up from these current uh, from these most recent tests, but we'll keep an eye on that. Brian Hoyer is officially getting the start for the Patriots. The team announced that Mac Jones is out as he continues to, to kind of heal up from his ankle injury. The Lions have 
Wide receiver Amon St. Brown ruled out. He's also with an ankle injury. And the Saints tomorrow, they kick off early with the London game. But quarterback Jameis Winston is doubtful. He's got a back and ankle problem going on, while wide receiver Michael Thomas has been ruled out with a foot injury. It is going to be an interesting day of games tomorrow, mainly because I actually, as much as I like the Baltimore Bills game, in terms of watchability, to me, there is a clear-cut second-best game to watch at 1 o'clock, and that is the Eagles-Jaguars, which is a stunning statement to have, you know, three months ago. The Eagles were sort of this like kind of like under the radar like fun team, but even in the NFC, the Lions were maybe getting a little more love. The Eagles, you just you know, is Jalen Hurts actually the guy? Is he is he going to have another year of progressing? Is he going to have another year of just moving you know the needle forward in terms of he's getting close to a serious legit franchise quarterback? And then the Jaguars, I think a lot of people just didn't know where to pin them. Is it? Do we blame everything on Urban Meyer? Do we blame half? Do we blame none? You know, what's going on there? I think people were having a tough time pinning it. Of course, you know, the whole none crowd is basically non-existent. But there was an honest-to-God, like, look at, like, the Jaguars of, well, how much of this of last year was a wash that you really just can't look to and say, all right, that's just them. Well, we're seeing it now. They're 2-1, and one, and if they played a little bit cleaner football, they're 3-0. and oh. They beat Washington week one. I mean, if they just play a little cleaner, they they win week one. They could be staring at 3-0. Trevor Lawrence is absolutely playing much better football than he almost at all ever did last year. I bring the stat up with Trevor Lawrence a lot from last year just because, it, 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 to me, it, it really tells the whole story. Last year, at one point, Lawrence went nine straight games without a touchdown pass in the NFL, in a throw-first league, as you know, the, maybe the next can't-miss prospect after Luck, and Elway, that to me is not on the player. That like it's just, it, it, there's no way that's on the player. That has got to be on schematics, scheming, pre- preparation before the game on the coaching front. To me, it just looked terrible. And then, of course, we see at the end of the season once Urban Meyer's already gone against the Colts, Lawrence was dealing. And I and we saw it during the preseason too, where you know there were some throws, of course, he'd want back, but for the most part, he, his ball placement was spectacular. And it, he clearly looked more comfortable and in more command of the offense. And now we're seeing this year, I think the most stunning thing for me to start this year is the fact that Christian Kirk may actually be worth that contract. That's stunning. But Jacksonville, smartly, is using him everywhere. They've looked at his film and thought, hmm, we can do more there. We can use him more there. And now they are. And Christian Kirk, even with Marvin Jones Jr., being another receiver on this roster, to me, clearly looks like the number one for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, why I think this game, though, is probably the most intriguing game of the day, not named Bills-Baltimore, of course, as Buffalo Bills fans that we are. The Eagles right now sit at a a 6.5-point favorite. That line, to me, is grossly overemphasizing the Eagles. I think the Eagles are a very, very good team. I think Jalen Hurts is now a legit quarterback that you have to stare at and maybe even potentially be the only good young quarterback in the NFC that can really propel the Eagles to being a team that is just a constant in the NFC as a one or two seed because, again, quarterback play means so much in this league. And with the NFC, there's basically no young guys outside of you know Kyler Murray. But as we're seeing there, he's not elevating the Cardinals. But I also think the Cardinals themselves are, are pulling down as hard as they can. And, of course, the Eagles are in a bad division. The Giants are rebuilding. Dallas is, is hanging on by a thread, but that defense with Dan Quinn as their defense coordinator is spectacular. Michael Parsons is a stud. And Washington, 
while I thought Ron Rivera was the right hire at the time, I still kind of do. I think until you change ownership there, you're the best you're going to get is these one-year wonders where it's just, well, you know, they're clearly talented enough. They drafted it at the top end enough times that they're going to get through, and then they go right back to the bottom. Carson Wentz had one great game, and now he's kind of, you know, fluttered back to where he was. They also get the Cowboys, by the way, 1 o'clock game, the 1-2 and two Washington Commanders versus the 2-1 and one Cowboys, which will likely, I think if Jerry Jones has it his way, is maybe the last Cooper Rush game. But we'll see. I mean, Jones is, Jerry Jones is kind of an open about, he'll kind of like the idea of a quarterback competition because, as he said, that means Cooper Rush has been playing well. And if they're 3-1 and one and Dak has, is healthy enough to come back, are you really willing to play a, a quarterback controversy in the middle of a season? Be interesting. But six and a half point favorites for the Eagles. I'm not a huge fan of that. I think I think that line should at least be three and a half. I'm still I still would favor the Eagles. It's in Philadelphia. But this could be a huge game. Not only for Doug Peterson, who's who's making his return to Philadelphia. There's a little bit of that sort of feeling to it. But also for Trevor Lawrence himself. I, you know, the Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence technically beat the Bills last year, but Trevor Lawrence really didn't do much there. The Bills really beat themselves, and that defense was the star of that show. This, to me, could be the first real big game for Lawrence where he can kind of announce himself on the world stage, kind of like how, honestly, how Hurts has been doing the last three weeks. While he's not in the MVP category of the Allen and Lamar Jackson, he's on that next rung just below them of just staring up and kind of needing that maybe marquee win or just you know, a month, two more of elite play and one of the other two dropping out for him to really jump in. I mean, if he, he's kind of playing a little bit with, you know, one of his hands tied behind his back because coming into the season, Lamar was playing like an MVP until he got hurt. And Allen is coming into the season as just the favorite. I think a lot of people in the NFL want him to have an MVP to really keep that rivalry with Mahomes and the Chiefs very, very relevant every single year. But with the but with the Jaguars, they get one primetime game. Talked about this with the Lions a little bit. The Lions have none. The, technically, their only primetime game in terms of everyone watching them is Thanksgiving. They get that every year. But outside of that, every every game this year, they're at 1 o'clock. And for the Jaguars, until October 3rd. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 30th, they're at 1 o'clock every game. That's a London game at 9.30 in the morning. And then not until December 22nd against the Jets at New York do they get a night game, 8.15. That'll be Thursday night football on Amazon Prime. So one of these games could be really big for Lawrence and really the Jaguars themselves to really kind of establish themselves as, oh, oh, they're not a bad team. Like, they're a good team. I think if they wind up at 3-1, and one, with, you know, looking at the Washington game going, eh, they probably could have won that game too. The Jaguars will have flipped the script on how everyone perceives them, especially with the rest of the AFC South, looking like hot garbage at times. The Colts got blown out by the Jaguars. They got shut out 24-0. The Titans, to me, look like a complete mess that just is, is it's the old man dying analogy where it's just everyone else is kind of just wait, waiting to feast on them. And they just, they want to keep, you know, trugging along, and it's just, it's no. It's it's that old empire of the Ottoman Empire is the old dying empire. That's what it is. That's the Tennessee Titans, except they were never even that strong. They were a one seed for a year, and now they look like a mess. A.J. Brown is gone. I think outside of Derrick Henry, he was the only other truly elite player on that offense. He's gone. He's now in Philadelphia, thriving, along with Devonta Smith. And you've got to look at him and, just, and wonder what's, what's going on. And then Houston... I'm slightly part of the Davis Mills fan club still. I think he's still got a lot to offer in terms of the Houston Texans. But even then, I, I can't sit here and say he's been like an absolute stud. You know, under 60 completion percentage, three touchdowns, two picks through three games. That's not good enough. That's not good enough to get it done. That's not good enough to keep your job in terms of the Texans not spending a first-round pick on a quarterback. It's just not good enough. So right now, you can make an honest and I think probably true argument that Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback in the AFC South, and you know, routinely, you can pick divisions based off whoever the best quarterback is. Now, if there's a number of really good quarterbacks, that could be a little different. That could be a little tougher. But in terms of the AFC South, for me, if Lawrence goes out here this year and throws 35 touchdown passes, 12 picks, he is the best quarterback in that in that division. He has won the division. That will, without a doubt, happen to me. I, like that's that's how I feel about this Jaguars team. And their defense, by the way, has been flying. Of course, they already have a shutout this year. And then the Chargers, they held to 10 points. Through two games, the last two games, they've given up 10 points. Now they get an Eagles team that could be a little tough. Hurts has been running on everybody, and his throwing is significantly better than it has been the last few years. That, to me, is really the big jump for him. His throwing has been so, so much better. He just, I mean, he just had... Three touchdown passes against Washington. He looked dynamite to me. And then running the ball, he has just been exceptional. Almost every game against Detroit in the first game, 90 rushing yards and a touchdown against Minnesota. He had only 11 carries, 57 yards, but two touchdowns 
And then Washington, he, ba- he basically didn't run. He, he did everything throwing the ball. And so Hertz is really killing teams doing everything. He has been spectacular to watch. I think some other 1 o'clock games as well to kind of keep an eye on is probably Washington and Dallas. I think that's about it. The 1 o'clock window is just its not an attractive window. If you want to see Zach Wilson's season debut, you can also get that. thats uh, He's playing against Pittsburgh. I think that could be a really bad game. I, I jokingly said that, like, Maybe Joe Flacco's elite after 300 yards against the, or no, 400 yards, excuse me, against the Cleveland Browns. But I guess it's my thing is like, if Zach Wilson had a game like that, we'd be talking about it a ton. A ton. Especially the New York media. They'd be talking about it endlessly. The problem is, we just, we, we, it's, it's, it's hard for people to see that happening. I think that's where we're at right now with, with Zach Wilson and the Jets even. Is that I think a lot of people are sitting there going, they they may want to just draft a new guy. Because the talent is there. I I I fully believe that. I, I'm somebody that's higher on the Jets' young talent than I think a lot of people are. But Sauce Gardner has looked everything and more that a lot of Bills fans fell in love with early in the draft process. A lot of Bills fans were hoping Sauce Gardner would fall to them, the cornerback out of Cincinnati. He's looked really, really good. Garrett Wilson looks like the next stud young receiver. And now the Jets' offense is seemingly going through him in terms of the passing attack. It's him, Elijah Moore, than Corey Davis. And then Tyler Conklin's not bad, and they have two great running backs. And I do use that. I think they're both great running backs. I think Brees Hall, if he was just a lone back, could be a well over 1,000-yard rushing guy. And then Michael Carter was over 1,000 yards last year in his rookie year. They've had some injuries on the offensive line. That's where, for the Jets, you're hoping Zach Wilson hits because if he does, just your first pick in, in the first round next year is on an offensive lineman. You just do essentially what the Colts did with Quentin Nelson. Just get whoever the best offensive lineman is, grab him, and you're off to the races. And I think as well, you look at the Dolphins and, and the weapons they've gotten around them, and you can see just how much more of a threat they are. We'll talk a little bit about Tua and his concussion and stuff like that in just a few minutes. But the Miami Dolphins went from kind of a laughing stock and a team that couldn't keep up with the Bills. And while I do still think they're not not a fraud, just definitely not nearly as good of a team as the Bills, they're clearly a much more aggressive team. They're clearly a much scarier team with the weapons they have. And Tua, to me, we saw last night before he went out, a terrible underthrow for a pick that for most other elite quarterbacks or for guys that you know really are in that conversation – that's a touchdown. There's no safety help at all. Hill is running free, and he underthrows it to the point where both cornerbacks just break on it. Hill has to completely stop and try to fight for the ball and just can't. It's a pick. Wilson has a live enough arm that if he gets that accuracy down, he's making that throw. And that's the difference between him and Tua is that that level of athleticism, that level of arm talent, that if he can get it right, and maybe, I, I have no idea, he could go into Pittsburgh and look like a train wreck. And very quickly, people in New York just, get, let's get away from him, go back to Flacco, at least for this year, then we'll draft another guy. Will Levis out of Kentucky, plays tomorrow against Ole Miss, is a, is a hot name, because I think the Jets may actually have too much talent, and teams like Seattle, maybe even Chicago, or the Raiders even, could maybe even wind up as the first and second overall pick, where you're getting guys like C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. But it may get to that point where it's like, ooh, just just let's move off. I think Zach Wilson, I 
worry about him in terms of how many games does he actually get for the Jets before they move off of him. And I think a lot of it comes down to the fact that Flacco didn't look terrible. He didn't look great, but he did not look terrible. He's going to get Pittsburgh, Miami. With Miami, he may face Tua. He may not. Then you get Green Bay. Green Bay's having a horrible time trying to score points. At Denver, Denver looks like a disaster so far. And then you get New England. In a few of those games, he has to be legitimately a really good-looking quarterback. He has to. It can't just be handing off the ball and seeing what happens. He has to look good. Because if not, I think they move off of him very quickly. And I'm someone that believes in Zach Wilson. But I'm also willing to admit when I'm wrong. And he's probably got three or four more games before they're ready to move off him. Guys are progressing at a level in which they have not in years. Even with Josh Allen. You know, a lot of people talk about that three-year jump and his rookie year wasn't that great. Josh throwing the ball was not great his rookie year. But he was really the only offensive weapon the Bills had their first year. And then the second year, there was a clear spike. There was a clear jump. And then they got him digs, and now we're at where we're at with, with Josh Allen. But there was a steady build. But you could consistently see that there were positives. You know, in his second year, in the fourth quarter, he was amazing. And he had a ton of comeback victories or just or just games where they held on in the fourth quarter. He also led his team to the playoffs in year two. Lost the game, yes, and, and it's maybe the most up-and-down game of Josh Allen's career, that, that Houston playoff game. But he got there in the second year. I don't think Zach Wilson's going to get to the playoffs in his second year. So that's where the stats for me have to be, not eye, you know, eye-bulging, but they have to be at least competent. They have to at least, in my opinion now, especially with Mac Jones going down for likely a month or, or not, if not more, they have to be comparable to guys like Trevor Lawrence. They have to be. Because you can make the argument both of them have by far the best room to operate with of any of these other guys. Fields basically is not allowed to throw the ball. And, and as much as a field believe, Fields believer as I am, that's concerning. That they just they do not trust that offense to throw the ball at all. So Wilson has to at least match Lawrence for the pace that Lawrence has been on to start this year. Has to match him. He has to. Or New York, and really the New York media itself and, and the New York populace itself will move off of him very, very quickly. Real quick before we go to break, I do want to talk about the Tua Tungvaloa concussion from yesterday before we hit a break. And it's just, for me, it was so awful to see. And, and again, we won't know probably for a, a little bit longer of, of the internal investigation, or not even internal, the NFL's investigation with the Dolphins and how they handled uh, the the um, quote-unquote back injury but initially was ruled a head injury for Tua against the Bills. And, of course, yesterday um, seeing that, we, we, we know now in 2022 what concussions can lead to and the long-term effects, even the short-term effects, of what a concussion is. And the NFL needs to be better. Teams need to be better. I see guys like Jim McMahon for the Chicago Bears. And and to me, while McMahon still has a little bit of his kind of like, you know, um, I guess spicier persona where he's always kind of a bit of a renegade and he kind of makes you know lewd jokes and stuff like that, and it's still him. The fact that he he can't basically not wear sunglasses because he's his his eyes are so sensitive to light now that he gets these almost crippling headaches. I, I remember watching the I think it's a thirty for thirty 
1985 Chicago Bears, and they talked about just the issues he's going with because of all the head injuries that he sustained in his NFL career. We know about CTE when these players pass away and just how much their brain is just not, it's not normal. It is not good. These teams need to take better care of these players. And, and, and in that, what I'm saying is, as a former athlete myself, very rarely will an athlete ever be honest with you about their health. Very rarely will you have an athlete honestly say, I can't go back in the game. Very rarely. And I think less so with pro athletes. And this is where you have to put the player's health first. I, I And, and I've, I've noticed that with a lot of people, too, of, of even talking about the kind of Think of the next day, not right now. And I think for the Dolphins, and this is, and I'm not excusing them, I think this is where they got caught, though. If Tua did have a concussion against the Bills, they weren't just thinking about the Bills game. They were thinking about the fact that he literally could not clear concussion protocol before the Cincinnati game. They were thinking of dropping two, two games in a four-day span, all because, in their minds, a single hit. That, in reality, if Tua could stand they could look past. And to me, that is gross negligence. And if it does come out that he did have concussion and they brought him back in, in which a lot of people around the NFL really do believe that that happened, I do, a number of people have to be fired. Miami has to be fined and lose draft picks at a higher level than what they did last time with just recently their latest cheating scandal, which was tampering. That has to be harder. Because this has to be something that in future years down the line, it is not even a question. If you have a concussion, you are out of the game in both Little Loop College and in the pros. It has to be. Because, yes, while football is a violent game, if you can mitigate injuries, if you can mitigate the seriousness and and the long-term consequences, you have to go down that path. You just have to. And now, likely after last night, Tua almost definitely is not playing next week. It will likely be Teddy Bridgewater, and I'm just I'm hoping that he does not have any long-term serious side effects from what potentially could be two concussions in four days. We are going to take a quick time out and we come back. Bills head coach Sean McDermott met with the Extra Point Show today. Sal Capaccio and Sneaky Jody Biasi met with him. We'll play that back for you right here on the Nightcap on WGR. All right, welcome back to the Nightcap here on WGR. And as promised, here is Bills head coach Sean McDermott with the Extra Point Show earlier today. All right, right now we do have Buffalo Bills head coach Sean McDermott. Uh, let's get to him right now. His appearance on WGR is brought to you by Northwest Bank. For what's next, get started at northwest.com. By Kaleida Health, the official health care provider of the Buffalo Bills. And by Dunn Tire, official tire dealer of the Buffalo Bills. You're listening to Buffalo Bills Football Friday on the home of the Bills. WGR Sports Radio 550. 550. Now, here's Sal and Joe with Coach McDermott. Brought to you by Northwest Bank. For what's next, get started at northwest.com. By Kaleida Health, the official health care provider of the Buffalo Bills. And by Dunn Tire, official tire dealer of the Buffalo Bills. And we welcome the Buffalo Bills head coach on the Western Hotline right now. Hi, Sean. It's Sal and Joe. Good Friday morning to you. Hi, Sal and Joe. Good to be with you guys. All right, Coach, as we usually do, let's start with injuries. Um, I know you said that most likely not going to have Jordan Phillips. We know um, a couple other guys did not practice yesterday, but can you declare and rule anyone out at this point today? Uh, yeah, Christian Benford, obviously with the surgery, Jake Kumro, Jordan Phillips, all will be out. Um, get a better feel today 
uh, on the rest of them. We'll just continue to take it one one day at a time here. Can I ask you specifically about um, Gabe Davis yesterday? He went from limited to DNP. Was there some sort of setback? Is it something you're just going to evaluate over the next couple of days to see where this goes? Exactly, yes. Yeah, so you said it. We're just going to evaluate where it goes, um, take it one day at a time. So, Sean, Sunday's game in Miami, of all the games you've ever coached in, and even before that, you played in as well, is that the hottest game or one of the hottest games you've ever been a part of? Yeah, that's a, that's the hottest I can recall. Um, there's been a lot of games in a lot of years, but yeah, that that was uh, you know the what we what we expected was mid mid 90s, you know, to feel like mid 90s, very muggy and hot day. I think that got up to over 100 on the field they were saying or something like that. So um, yeah, very very hot conditions there. Sean, the country this morning is talking about what happened last night with Tua Tunga Viola. I'm not going to ask you about that specific, specific situation. That's not your player or team. But I will ask you, if you could, to give our listeners a little insight and idea of the level and amount of kind of communication that goes on when a player is in protocol. You do have one right now. That's Ryan Bates. We've seen players in protocol before. But the level of communication, how often it is between you, the player, the medical professionals, is it daily? Is it hourly? Who's contacting who? How does all that work? Yeah, first, a very unfortunate situation last night. Um, and any time a player uh, on any team goes down, in particular our team, um, you know, your first your first thought is to how are they? How are they as, as a person? Right? How are they? How are they? Are they okay? How serious is it? I mean, a lot of these, all of them have families of their own that are watching on TV or watching from the stands, concerned about the health and well-being of their of their son, of their husband, of their boyfriend, you know, so whatever it is. Um, but uh, those are situations that need to be taken seriously. And um, you're right, the communication piece is huge. Uh, we try and get as accurate and as timely of information as we can to the family of the player um, when it happens. And then uh, our trainers relay the information to me on the sideline and then we try and get the information to the position coaches as well because it affects, obviously, numbers in the game and depth and so on and so forth. So in the hours, and those are, that's what happens in the, you know, in, the, in the minutes around the injury and then in the, in the days after the injury, it's, as you guys ask me, it's updated daily and sometimes more than, more than once daily just in terms of what their status is, how they're feeling, so on and so forth. Coach, your team, moving on to the, your team, the, uh, the move of Xavier Rhodes this week, a player that's a household name, lots of accolades right over his career, all pro, three-time pro bowler. Um, what have you seen from him in his career, over his career, and what are, what are the challenges to getting someone ready that's coming in a few weeks into, once the season's already begun? Yeah, I mean, he's a veteran player, um, so, you, so you benefit from the experience level. Uh, I've seen a lot of football um and and had success right i said i think the challenge there is um you know we've been in training camp and we've been our players have been working for you know said period of time and they've built up uh reps and reps and reps from a schematic standpoint and understanding of the scheme but also from a con from a conditioning and and uh kind of hardening themselves up through the course of training camp uh and a couple of games to this point so getting that player into football shape is always is always a concern and a challenge. Looking back at some of the things you did in training camp to make sure guys kind of 
to do some different things. You always do this, right, Coach? I mean, the flexibility is big with your staff. You want to make sure guys can play different positions if they have to be called upon. Last week, of course, you had to have Tommy Doyle go to guard. Unfortunately, obviously, he has the injury now. Uh, Greg Mans has to go to center. You have Cam Lewis, who got reps at safety. In a situation like this, when I look at the injury report and everybody, so many guys, more than we're used to, how important is that? to reflect on making sure you had those guys kind of getting ready for different spots and different positions to be ready. Right. So when you, when you, you know, finalize the roster and Brandon does a good job of this is making sure, you know, we always talk about, Hey, position flexibility. And and do we have a backup center? Do we have a backup long snapper? I know that that came up that conversation, that topic a few weeks back. And uh, you're always trying to, you know, have backups to the backups uh, if you will. And, And sometimes you just, you just run out of players and uh but you know really i think overall um you know you try and build the roster and then you try and make sure on the on the game day roster in particular that you're that you have yourself protected from a from a backup standpoint and really proud of what tommy was able to do when he went into guard and and greg when he went into center and um you want to have that flexibility it just covers you up because you only get so many uh, on game day it's the Ravens this week, Coach, and Lamar Jackson is obviously like the star of the team. the the first The first name I'm sure you get asked about every time they come up or they're coming to town or you're going there. And there's a lot of he's getting a lot of credit this year for what he's doing from the pocket, what he's doing as a passer, and the rushing is obviously still there. How how much of that to you is accurate that he's gotten leaps and bounds better of a passer, or has he always really been a threat? Because we know the legs are there, but what about him as a as a passer? Yeah, I mean he's he's definitely improved in that area. You can see he's he's spent time there and worked, uh, and um, you know he's always been a great player. He, he continues to be a great player, and he's added this other dimension uh, or taken that dimension where it was to another level, and I think it's only made him better. Um, so uh, you know, obviously he has a vision for his career and where he wants it to go, and um, you see him. Uh, continuing to develop, which is a credit to him and, and their staff. We know Tavon Austin was kind of doing a little bit, uh, you know, playing the part of Lamar. I talked to him yesterday. He said a lot of the guys think they can do it. Then they get back there, and uh, it's not as easy as it looks, right? And, of course, nobody can simulate Lamar. But, man, that's got to be a challenge. You can never simulate something like that. All you can do is maybe the best with what you have there, Coach. That's got to be a challenge on a weekly basis when you're facing someone like that. Yeah, the speed. I mean, um, Tavon's done a great job. He's, he's given us great energy. He does it every week. Yeah, uh, for sure this week and what he's done. And uh, we certainly appreciate that. And, um, yeah, the speed, the speed element is, is different um, when, when you're talking about a player like Lamar. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Um, 
you know, or Tyree kill a week ago. And right. it's, uh, it's hard to simulate, but you just do the best you can with everything. And, and, you, and I think sometimes the players having played Lamar before helps, yes. right? Because when you've done it, when you've been there before, you can, uh, you know, have an awareness as to what it was when you went through it before for some of the players who haven't played this offense or Lamar in this case, uh, they'll be in a little bit of an adjustment for sure. All right. Last thing, coach, uh, weather. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like going from an extreme from last week's heat. <laughs> I mean, the, the now to possibly rain and some wind. I mean, not that you're unfamiliar with that. You've played in these conditions before, but how, how do you, how do you prepare for that? If you can, or talk about it, you know, what's that process like this week? Yeah, I get my report um, from Patrick Hammer, so I've, I've got. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, uh, played a little golf with him this spring too, so that. Yeah, was, uh, that's right. Uh, he was a lot better than I was, though. Um, <laughs> so anyway, um, no, it's it's uh, it's you know we when we when we came back from Miami, as I mentioned earlier in the week, getting off the before we get off the plane, um, you know, just kind of help these systems, these storm systems tend to trend up the coast in particular and kind of get, you know, fall apart and, and, and hit some of these areas in the Northeast. It, it was to be expected. And I think that's some of what we're expecting for Sunday here. So we'll, you know, we'll take it one day at a time. We'll adapt where necessary. And, and yeah, I mean, when you're, when you're getting a forecast for, for some wind and some rain, uh, that could affect the game in some ways. I heard Stefan Diggs on an interview this week say he much would prefer rain, pouring rain, to heat any day of the week as a player. As a coach, would you rather it be downpouring or would you rather have it be as hot as it was Ooh. last week? <laughs> That's, uh, I've never thought of that. But uh, I think when you're, when, you know, when you're a little kid growing up playing outside and it's pouring rain, you love it. I yeah. Know, I know the, the moms in the world <laughs> uh, don't like doing the wash after that, but I got a great picture of my son from his football practice this past week, and um, he was all muddy and, and loving it. And uh, so there's, if you're a little guy and out there playing, I think it's great. If you're a mom trying to, that's responsible to get that, that uniform clean, you're not so fired up about the rain. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of the movie Bull Durham when they're on the rain, rain delay and they go out there and they're just sliding all over the place, right? I mean, who doesn't love <laughs> that kind of thing? Get the slip and slide ready. Coach, thank you very much. Safe travels to Baltimore, of course, and uh, we always appreciate your time. That was Bill's head coach, Sean McDermott, earlier today on the Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio and Joe DiBiase. We're going to take a quick time out. We come back. Let's pick some games, college, NFL, and we'll also talk a little bit about the MLB race that's going on right now between the Mets and the Braves. We'll do that when we come back here on the Nightcap on WGR. Welcome back to the Nightcap here on WGR. Just a few more minutes until we wrap up the week here. We've got a Sabres game tomorrow, 1 o'clock against the Pittsburgh Penguins as they continue their preseason. They sit at 2-1 and one right now. We'll have that right here on WGR. And, of course, Bills pregame on Sunday. That starts at 7 a.m. with Breakfast with the Bills. And we'll have you covered all the way to kickoff at 1 p.m. Of course, postgame after that with Showing the Bulldog and the Overtime Show following that with Nate Geary. But before we leave... Let's pick some games real quick in the NFL for week four. Let's start with the London game. Vikings, Saints, Vikings. Right now, Dalvin Cook is somewhat dealing with a shoulder injury. I think for me, though, it may not even matter with the Saints and the injuries they're dealing with. Jameis Winston right now looks to be doubtful. Michael Thomas is already out. I'm going to take the Vikings there. The Cleveland Browns and the Atlanta Falcons. For me, the Browns there, the Falcons, I think are the closest team to full-on tanking. 
not name the Seattle Seahawks, so I'm going to take the Browns there. Washington and Dallas, I'm going to take Dallas there. The Cooper Rush train, I'm kind of enjoying it. He's not a bad quarterback. I think he's absolutely established himself in the NFL as a guy, somebody that you can plug in the roster, he'll play a few games. He's not really going to lead you to much else, but he's going to be a really, really darn good backup for a lot of teams, and maybe for some teams who really don't have much aspirations, Cooper Rush could be a starter. Seahawks-Lions, give me the Lions here. The Lions have just been, they've had some issues to deal with. They've, you know, Dan Campbell, of course, came out, you know, the field goal he kicked on fourth and inches that he, he believed he should have gone for it almost right after. I think the Lions get a bounce-back win here against the Seahawks. Titans-Colts, give me the Titans there. I, I like nothing about the Colts this year. I almost like nothing about the Titans, but for the Colts, Jonathan Taylor is good, but everything else to me seems broken there. Bears-Giants, give me... The Bears there. I'm going to take the better quarterback here, and while I did say earlier in the show that the Bears seemingly are not trusting Justin Fields to throw the ball, I still think he's got a little bit of that, you know, that that that's something else that a, that a, a franchise quarterback has to have. Daniel Jones, to me, just simply does not have it. Jaguars-Eagles, that's the other game at 1 o'clock that I'm really looking forward to, to keeping up with, even though I will be in Baltimore watching the Bills game. I'm absolutely going to keep up on that one. Give me the Eagles, but I do think the Jaguars cover. It's a 6.5 point spread for the Eagles. I absolutely think the Jaguars cover, but I don't think they win there. Jet Steelers, give me the Steelers, but I do think this is getting close to Mitch Trubisky's final game in Pittsburgh. Chargers Texans, give me the Chargers. I know they have a ton of injuries, but to me the Texans just do not have the talent level of the Chargers. Cardinals, Panthers, Panthers right now are a one-point favorite, at least on my app right here. I'm taking the Cardinals, absolutely, even though they are a bit of a tire fire. Patriots and Packers, give me the Packers there. Brian Hoyer hasn't won a game, I think, in like four or five years. Give me the Packers. Broncos, Raiders. I'm going to take the Raiders because I just, I cannot take the Broncos. Everything to me feels off. Everything. And I don't see that magically fixing itself because Russell Wilson in the fourth quarter of the 49ers game decided to run. And Chiefs-Buccaneers will be being played in Tampa. There were rumors uh, throughout this week, or really just reports, there weren't even rumors, reports that the NFL was uh, debating moving that game to Minneapolis because of Hurricane Ian. They are going to play in Tampa Bay. However, give me the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football. And for Monday Night Football, give me the Rams over the 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo, just, he's not that good. I, I, I get Trey Lance may not be that good. But Jimmy Garoppolo it is proven to not be very good. And then, of course, for the Bills and Ravens, I am going to take the Bills here. I think they're getting healthier. And along with that, the Bills' defense as a whole, in some of the more key parts of that defense in terms of holding a quarterback you know, back, has done a really, really good job of limiting Lamar Jackson. He's yet to have a truly good game against the Bills in two previous matchups. I expect that to say the same for the third along with that. Their receiving core is not all that threatening, and I do think we get Dane Jackson back for that Bills secondary, along with Jordan Poyer. But that is going to do it for me this week. I will not be back Monday. I'll be driving back from Baltimore. I will be back with Showing the Bulldog on Tuesday, and of course the nightcap as well on Tuesday. We'll uh, recap a little bit of what happened this weekend. We also have a Formula One race, the Singapore Grand Prix. We'll talk a little bit about that. And of course, we will have some MLB news as the Mets right now are up 1-0 on the Atlanta Braves. They have a three-game series against them, and it very likely will decide the NL East. We'll talk a little bit about that. Of course, the football games that happened this past weekend on Tuesday when I come back. But this has been the Nightcap. This is WGR. Go Bills and have a wonderful weekend. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.